2016. This is interviews, music reviews, and more. This is, this is The Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We're on audio here today on episode 378 of The Hotter Show. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button on today's episode of the podcast. I am joined today by the new homies, Dylan and Nick from Pneumonia Breath. And we have a really kick-ass conversation that you guys are going to thoroughly enjoy. Almost like the journey that they've taken to get to Pneumonia Breath. We talk about past bands. We talk about kind of their interesting intertwining musical journeys in the early days. We talk about the release of their first EP and then the release of their second EP, Nothing Forever, that just came out last month. And we, of course, talk about the fact that as we were recording this, they had an upcoming show at Sneaky D's in Toronto that was actually on September 9th. And it ended up being a sold-out show, and it was just a absolutely kick-ass debut show for them. So full disclosure, we do not talk about that because this was recorded ahead of time. This episode was supposed to be out a little, uh, a little sooner than it was, and I apologize about that, guys. Had some issues with my getting my uh, RSS feed back under my control, which I'm fortunately still working on. But uh, we're here, we're kicking ass, and you're going to thoroughly enjoy every second of this episode. Full disclosure, there are a couple times where Dylan's audio kind of sort of comes in and out. His connection wasn't great where he was, so I do apologize about that, folks. But I did my best to fill those parts in and make it sound as good as I can. Unfortunately, when you're doing stuff over the internet, sometimes you are at the mercy of internet connections, which is always a pain in the butt. But I think that you guys are going to still really enjoy just the story that these guys have and a lot of really funny moments as well. I mean, just talking about any time that high school bands are brought up on this podcast, it's always a good time. And they have some really interesting stories about that. And then, of course, also Nick's past uh, with Longless, which we do talk about a little bit as well, because Longless were featured on this show a long time ago. And a little bit also about how both of them kind of came back to music. So definitely think you guys are going to enjoy every second of this episode. Before we jump in, I want to thank everybody for their support on last week's episode of the show, which was, of course, my chat with film and music composer J.M. Scherf. And it was the return of The Hotter Show. And... I had a really great response, so thank you guys so very much for that. It really means the world to me. I've been doing this for over seven years, almost eight years now, and the fact that anybody cares <laughs> is uh, is really, really cool. So just thank you. We got some great content coming up in the next few weeks, some really fun interviews, some exclusive first listen stuff coming up actually next week, so stay tuned for that. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it, just like I cannot wait for you guys to hear my conversation with Dylan and Nick from Pneumonia Breath. Let's get into it. All right, we're here with the boys from Pneumonia Breath. Pneumonia Breath? What the fuck did I just say? Holy shit. I mean, that might be a good way to start this because, like, having a <laughs> Fuck having it, we're going to leave it in. Fuck it. <laughs> leave it in. No, no, because having a silent letter as the first name of your band Perfect. name is... Uh, was one of the best decisions we ever made. So. Holy shit. Yeah. We're just going to leave it in. Forget about it. From the moment breath, work. we got Dylan and Nick. Boys, what's up? How you doing? Fantastic. How are you doing today? 
Oh, I'm just. I can't complain. Wait. <laughs> yeah, I just. Well, I, I do. I love the fumble of the name though, because that's yeah. a good learning tool for us to know that we pick the dumbest band name possible. So. Oh, not at all. I'm you. just. I'm just the person no, no, no. that. <laughs> no, 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 no. We we could have done something a little more simpler, but we had to fuck with everybody, and we picked this band name. So. We That's appreciate like that. that you let us know that. <laughs> I mean, when we were coming up with it, my big thing is like, I don't know. I find it really lazy because a lot of bands will just pick a name no matter how many bands have it. Don't care. And then they run into troubles later, right? I just never wanted to be in that position. I wanted to be like, if you type this into Google, you're only going to find this. You know what I mean? You're not going to find, oh, is this the Connecticut band? Is this the Germany band? Is this the Australia band? You know what I mean? Like, it's just... And then nobody's ever put the words pneumonia breath into the same sentence. <laughs> that's what I learned when we came up with this name. So it was just, fuck it. That's it. <laughs> By the way, are we, uh, are we swearing on this one or. Uh, yeah. You let her fly. Cause I, I think oh. I dropped like an F bomb oh. and an S bomb. Like I, I just went into it and just started oh. dropping F bomb. So it is what it is. Oh, and which by the way, before we, before we get into all this, thank you for having us because this is the first time that we've actually had an opportunity to talk about the band that's not been between us five. So we really appreciate that. And we appreciate like all the stuff that you've done for other local bands. There's not enough people that do this kind of shit. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for having us. And we're pumped. We're jazzed. I'd love to, love to shoot the shit and talk more about this. So, I mean, kind of annoying. as much as I love, much as I love Nick, it's kind of been annoying <laughs> just to only talk to him about this band. So it's nice to talk to other people. Well, when we get into the backstory, yeah, you're going to realize it. You're going to realize how we not killed each other by this point. Cause you know, <laughs> It's basically been four years to this point, so that it's been in the works. Everything's happened, so yeah. I mean, it's nice to, uh, it, like, you know, because we had band practice last night, and one of our friends who was doing a guest spot at our first show came in, and then we even realized, oh, this is the first time anybody's heard us play. That's not us, you know what I mean? So, like, as this is kind of starting to unfold, it's kind of a, it's kind of interesting. So, getting to talk about the band with people and it not be some weird kind of inner circle thing. Super awesome. So yeah, as like Cooper said, thank you so much, man. I'm uh start to talk about it with anybody else, but him. <laughs> well, I appreciate that guys, you know, checks in the mail. And like I said, um, <laughs> when, when, you know, you, you start off, you start off on the hotter show, you can only go up from there, you know, next thing yeah, you know, you're going to be on Joe Rogan or something. It's going to be great. <laughs> you ever done DMT? Yeah, oh, that's crazy. You haven't done DMT. You know, one time someone once said to me, actually, I think it was, I want to say it was, it was Anthony from out of my league. One time said to me in joking on a podcast, you're like the Joe Rogan of the Ontario music scene. And I wasn't sure how to take that. Yeah. Cause it, cause depending on who you, depending on who you tell that sentence to, you know what I mean? They're going to have a, a, a wider range of different emotions about that. So I mean, if we end up talking DMT, then you're definitely the guy, but we'll, we'll see where this nets out in the next little bit. Yeah. If we start explaining, tra- if we start explaining trauma and then you're like, oh, that's crazy. DMT, though. <laughs> you know, then, then we'll be like, crazy. okay. He's- you want to see a beheading video? Like, <laughs> Oh, no, that, that would just be out of pocket. We start showing the most fucked up shit that we know. That's more like uh, that's more like your mom's house podcast. That's a, that's a whole other yeah. Thing. That's an, uh, that's that's a <laughs> that'll be part right that'll be part two. That'll be our yeah. That's gonna be part two. That's gonna be part two. Part two of the interview. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we got we got a ton of shit to cover. So just to jump in head first here, how did this whole journey of music start for each of you? Just like uh, Dylan, you want to go first? In? 
Yeah. I, I, like, I just called you Dylan, by the way, which is, I don't know why I said that. That's wrong. That feels so <laughs> weird to me. So do you that prefer feels... Dylan or Cooper? What is it? What's, what's... I uh, honestly, Dylan, that's okay because like, we're just kind of meeting each other. But like, now that we know each other, call me Cooper Cooper. I, not that I, I like prefer Cooper. that, but I always, I always Coops? feel, yeah, dude, <laughs> I, I'm a cool about that. I just feel like anytime someone calls me Dylan, I'm in trouble. Cause like anytime I've ever been called Dylan, it's usually cause I am in trouble. So. Unless my fiance says that and she's just bugging me, but that's okay. That's fair. Um, so, like, in turn, so when you be my that, like, just like how we got into this music, like, yeah, like, what general. was, like, what was this whole crazy journey of, of being a musician? What was the music that kind of got you started into being like, hey, I want to do that? Like, and how did, how did you get into what you do? Well, first of all, I appreciate you calling me a musician because I really just yell in a microphone. <laughs> I don't know anything about fucking music other than that. Um, so, thank you. That, that's quite nice of you. Um, I honestly, it started pretty early in my life. Um, and maybe this is just kind of a sign whether or not I was destined to listen to this music or I'm just a really fucked up weird kid. Um, I was about five years old. And uh, like my, my dad always played like 80s metal, so just like you know, Judas Priest, um, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, all that stuff. Uh, so I had a little bit of exposure there, but. For some reason, I was about five years old. We were flipping through the station. Um, don't know what it, what station it was, but Rob Zombie's Dragula came on, and I loved it. Like I was obsessed with it, and I would sing it to the top of my lungs. I'm a five year old kid, so you can imagine what the kids in like you know senior kindergarten at the time were thinking of me. And I remember my parents. We went to I think it was like Music World or something at the time. And they... You're dating yourself with that one. <laughs> yeah, dating myself a little bit here. Music World. Um, and there was two CDs I had a choice from, which is the Dr. Doolittle soundtrack or Rob Zombie's Hellbilly Deluxe. Yo, those and are both chose, bangers, though. They're both bangers. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but Dr. Doolittle soundtrack kind of slaps if you look at it. But I chose Rob Zombie. A five-year-old kid should not be listening to that, that, that album at all. Would not recommend it. But I love Dragula so much. And... That kind of opened the gateway to stuff. Um, so obviously, like, yeah, I love that. I loved, like, the 80s stuff that my dad was always playing in, in the house. Um, I think where it really started to open the door was hearing Slipknot for the first time. Um, I remember, again, flipping through channels. I don't know what channels I had. Apparently, I'm playing some sick music. But hearing Wade and Bleed for the first time, and that was just mind-blowing to me for something to be so aggressive but yet melodic um, and just kind of gravitated towards that. I had some different phases of music here and there, but from about, I think I heard Slipknot when I was like about 10 years old, loved it, kept listening to it here and there. Um, and then I think more so of the stuff that I listen to now, um, we were before this all started, we were talking about Hatebreed, but I remember, if you remember the, like the sound, the Marvel soundtrack from the old Marvel movies, they used to be kick ass, but they'd have some heavy shit on it. And I remember getting the Punisher soundtrack when I was about, I want to say 11 years old, maybe, maybe even younger. I can't remember when I came out, but I heard the song Bound to Violence, which is actually not on any Hatebreed record. It's just a, a song they made for the soundtrack. And I was like, I did not know shit like that existed that was so heavy and so aggressive. And uh, that just blew my mind thinking that there's stuff out there like that. And since then, just kept like gravitating towards music. I know my 
dad's coworker would make me burn CDs that had like hate breed that had typo negative on it that had spine shank fear factory just like crazy shit like that so I just kept consuming as much as possible and then obviously like into high school you know listening to stuff like under oath and um I guess like the scene core stuff that was kind of the new wave at that time but still always liked the really really heavy shit um and then I would say just near the end of high school is where I started to really want to do this, not just listening, but actually do this on stage. Had a high school band, wasn't great, but you know, we had fun with it. Um, and then that's kind of how I ended up meeting Nick. We were like around high school era. And Nick was kind of always the guy that was just this amazing guitarist. He still is, he's still like the most talented person that I ever had a chance to play with and always will be. Like no one writes, writes riffs like he can. And yeah, I just remember meeting him and, and that's kind of how we, we all met. We all wanted to be in a band. I eventually joined this band Constellation. We started that. Nick wasn't in at the time, got Nick in it. He fixed the whole ship and then that kind of got from there. But that's pretty much my journey into getting into this and wanting to where we started, where we basically crossed paths and then I guess we can, <laughs> yeah. Long-winded way, a long-winded way. I got into it. I got into it at a very early age, and um, ended up meeting Nick along the way. So don't want to still Basically, it's all Rob Zombie's fault. Essentially, is it really is? It really is. Nick just saw him. Maybe if just, you, I do, uh, and I just saw Rob Zombie. Uh, what was that? Two days ago now. And uh, yeah, yeah, with my uncle. So I got, we owe him a lot. We owe him a lot. Yo, I, I yeah. listen. I'll, I'll, I've said this on the podcast. Any chance I get, I fucking love Rob Zombie. And I don't even. Exactly. I don't so even good. care. I don't even care. The best man. Yo, like Love that yeah. guy. any man who I can call, have a I'm a bit of a. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. No, I was, I was just say, gonna say. I mean, I'm a bit of a fake fan. You know what I mean? Like I, uh, like I knew the singles. You know what I mean? And then uh, got you know, just kind of flew under my radar for so many years. And then you know, obviously Cooper and then other friends I've had. Like I've just kind of learned stuff. And then I saw him for the first time uh, a couple of days ago. And I was just like, holy shit, I've been missing out on like some pretty crazy stuff this entire time. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm kicking myself a little bit because you know there's some riffs in there. There's some uh, Man, there's some meat. There's some meat. Yeah. If you if you hear like like a track like feel so numb and you don't think that's just the sickest shit, I don't know what to tell you. Like, just, yeah. it's 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 no. It's it was just, just it was just a great time. It was a great time. So that's awesome. Just before just before we move on to you, Nick Dylan, I have to ask because it's something I I always try to do here when someone mentions their high school band. What was the band name? Oh my god! This is a good. This is some good lore right. for you right here. Oh boy! All right. Well, we had. Two, we had three names, which the third one obviously is what we settled on. Any good first, high school band has like four or oh, five yeah. names. Oh, yeah. It, it was great. Um, so our first name was Obsidian. We realized that sounded really corny and way oh, too much. Well, <laughs> and, and, you know and, and then everybody called you Obsidian. Yeah. We, everyone called us Obsidian. <laughs> so that was... Not great. Um, so then we're like, yeah, we're getting chirped for this, so let's let's change it. So we changed the name to Arcolite, which I can't remember what that means. I feel like it's like, I don't know, something sword and majestic. And again, it doesn't make sense for the music that we were making. I was in the we outskirts like, during all this, like because I, like as Cooper said, you know, 
we met at this time and I went to go see his band, like this band through its evolution, pretty much the entire time. I actually filled in for you guys a couple of times, you know what yeah. I mean? So, um, but we were all talking bear shit. Like they were like, like they were, uh, not they were kind of one of the punching bags. And then I remember when you changed your name to Arcolite, we were all struggling so hard to like, how can we make this into a pun? We can't figure it out. There's no, uh, there's no insult here. Like we were so upset. Yeah, and then you came up with the perfect good. name for the perfect insult after that. So then we were like, oh, you know, that's, you know, that's stupid too. Oh, what are we going to do? So then I think we were hanging out at our drummer's house at the time, you know, stoned out of our minds, being stupid high school kids. So that's what you do in Pickering, Ontario when you're in high school, just get really high and do, do, do stupid shit. Um, we were watching Pineapple Express. And you know when he... You know, when the, the cop is like, oh, his eyes are as red as the devil's dick. We're like, so then we, we, we abbreviated it to A-Rad. And that just opened the door to so many memes. And you know what? A-R-A-D-D. A-R-A-D-D. <laughs> we had, we had A-Bad. We had, actually, I can't say that anymore. So we're not going to say that anymore. Uh, so yeah, A-Bad. We'll say A-Bad from the podcast. That was the, the one that, that was the one that stuck with us a lot. And that was a pretty, pretty shitty name, but you know what? It, it was fun, uh, despite how terrible we sounded, and despite how terrible our name was. It was a good time, learning lessons. And clearly, I didn't learn it because now I'm gonna bank on pneumonia breath. So like, names clearly don't fucking matter. <laughs> or what? What did I say? It was like pneumonia or something. Pneumonia, something. You fumbled. Oh you fumbled God. it. Like you know what? That's okay. And, and we we've already <laughs> we've already expected that our name's gonna be fumbled a lot. So. PB and J. Yeah, we, uh, we gave, we gave everybody uh, an alphabet soup of a band name and uh, <laughs> left them to their own volition. So I don't know. I'm sure no one else will ever have that problem but me because that's just. Oh, no. No, no, no. We, we know it will happen. Trust me. Trust well, me. Well, I guess it's one, of those, one. it's one of those words. I, th- I think there's like a family guy gag about it. It's like, Peter, I'd like the wide. It's like, you mean wind? <laughs> oh, I've only seen that word written. Like, you never like say. <laughs> who, says, who says pneumonia like regularly? And then how yeah, often do you see it spelled well, like this? I don't know. Unless, unless you're struggling, struggling with it. The yeah, only exactly. reason I know how to spell pneumonia now is because like everything is circulated around this band. Yeah. You know, if it if my if it has nothing to do with with my life, it has nothing to do with work or it has nothing to do with time with my fiance or friends, it's band related. So like I've learned to really spell that correctly. Don't put me on the spot though, please. Whatever you do, let's I'll probably yeah, don't, that uh, out. <laughs> don't test them on it yeah don't test me on it because i'll probably fuck it up okay so it's a f and yeah f fumble b x y two three exclamation point starfish yeah. <laughs> that's good shit i like it i like well listen those aren't the worst band name high school band names i've ever heard on this podcast by the way so that's sad god we'll have a chat i got a good i got a good one for i got a good one for you coming up by the way so don't uh don't sign okay, off. Okay, well now, yet. well, so, so how about how about for you, Nick? How did how did this journey for you start with uh, to become just a, a fucking riff lord? Well, I mean, first of all, you know, don't oversell me here, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, however, uh, where did it start? So it's kind of a little long of a story, but you know, we'll try. I'll try and keep this as pop as tight as possible because you know, majority. I owe majority of my musical, you know my interest in music to my dad, like he was kind of the one that really uh, showed me everything that got me interested in everything. So when I was really young, like, I mean, the only thing I cared about when I was like, maybe, you know, thinking about the time frame, probably like seven, eight, nine years old 
in that range was like all I cared about was, you know, fantasy, superheroes, comic books, you know, that's all I cared about. Like that was all that was uh, on my mind all the time. And, you know, you know, that's all I was watching. I just wanted the new action figure, you know. And then I even got to the point where, like, I was, you know, getting my dad to take me to Comic-Con and Fan Expo and stuff like that. And then I think that's when he kind of had a little bit of an awakening. It was like, once he took me to Fan Expo and Comic-Con, he started looking around at some of the people that were there. He was like, ah, I got to do something now. This is going to be a problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's like, you know. Oh, my he, son to be a weed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Or, you know comic book guy oh, that's not weed, you know, I, think, I guess that's only anime but yeah that's whatever it's, yeah yeah no but that's fair it's still it's it's all in the same realm as far as i'm concerned at this point but <laughs> i'm sure i'll get someone offended for saying that but you know besides the listen, point um, listen we all we're not saying listen the hot the hot the hotter show fully supports people who want to be weaves no problems here yeah, I live with no. one, it's fine listen i would, i was in a band with a weave for like you know yeah 10 years pretty well you know carry over time, a full-on so. weave it's fine i love it <laughs> <laughs> it's fine you know what i mean not my thing, but, you know, you do you, you know. Anyway, so uh, moving forward here, um, he then just, I don't know, like, I don't know if this was a conscious effort, but, like, for story purposes, it feels like it should be because of just how smooth of a transition it was. Uh, my dad shows me the band Kiss. That's kind of where, and, you know, oh, they look like superheroes. This is perfect. You know, I'll get him into something else. I'll get him into, you know. So we sh- I remember one day I was, you know, I was at his place at the time and uh, it was like a Sunday morning and he's like, oh, I taped this thing that was on TV last night. You might like it. And it was um, much more music. He used to do these like live concert things that they would like play live concerts from different bands on like, you know, whatever Saturday nights or something like that. And one of them was like from Kiss's Farewell Tour at the time. And this is the year. First of two- 30. This is the year, uh, to put it in perspective, this is the year 2000, 2001. So, and here we are now with... Uh, our friends in Crownlands, uh, my, you know, good yeah, our opening for How Kiss. How fucking cool is that? Oh. That's crazy. I mean, it's crazy because my old band, Longless, is a show, you know, our jam space was like next door to them. So we'd always be kind of like, they'd be coming in and out while we were like, they were loading in or loading out from their show while we were doing the same thing. And now they're opening for fucking Kiss. Like, that's crazy. That's and, wonderful, <laughs> and they deserve it because they're, they're yeah. so awesome. So yeah. if there's anything to take away from this podcast, it's that Crownlands is awesome. But And they're good, good people too. That's, yeah, that's you, the, know, you know, both uh, both Kevin and Cody, they're both awesome, you know. Yeah. But anyways, uh, what's it, where am I going with this? Yeah, so then uh, I just got infatuated with this band. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then I just, you know, at first I was just looking at, like, the whole fantasy part of it. Like, I was just like, you know, I want – and, like, I, this is not a sentence I would say now, but at the time all I wanted to be was Gene Simmons. Like, that was, like, you know. Who doesn't that was my That was my aspirations in life. But then I really started listening to the music and then I'm starting to get into that. And then my dad's like, oh, if you like this, I got some other stuff you might like. Then he showed me Black Sabbath. And then that was kind of like the real turning point for me. Like, that's when I was like, okay, this I like. Like, this is, you know. And then, you know, from there, then it was Judas Priest, which is a big band for him. Um, you know, Rainbow, Dio, a lot of, you know, those like the Scorpions was a big one as well, which was my first ever concert. I saw Scorpions at Whitesnake in uh, 2003. So this was all kind of like, you know, brewing and then, you know, then from there, it was like, I was, I was that weird kid in school that liked music that nobody else liked, you know what I mean? Cause uh, I was like all this old dad rock and that was before it was cool to like dad rock. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, H&M wasn't <laughs> selling the shirts yet. Like we weren't yeah. in that time frame. Uh, at that point, the biggest artists were Eminem, 50 Cent, Nelly, you know, like that was the, you know, I was being, you know, I'm not going to use the words, but I was being called certain uh, slurs for some of the music I was listening to. Like, Oh, you listen to Kiss, you know, they're all. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. People were just yeah. trying to get a rise out of me, right? 
but then as time went on, you know, then I started meeting some people that actually liked the music. And then to get to the heavier side of things was kind of interesting because like, I remember when I first heard like some guys that I knew that were like, once I'm getting into like grade seven, grade eight, I started like some friends of mine started listening to more like, like I had a friend that listened to Hawthorne Heights. I remember hearing that name and I was like, what's this screaming shit? This is awful. Like I remember thinking it was terrible. I was like, this is awful. And then, but I, but then I started finally trying to find new music. Cause at the time I was only listening to old shit. Like I was only listening to like, you know, like the newest I'd went at that point in time was like some of the stuff in the nineties. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't like, I wasn't uh, really getting into anything new. It wasn't until I heard, um, I think the first, you know, system of a down, that was a big one. Um, for like newer bands and then uh city of evil Avenged sevenfold that was like one of the first albums i heard that was like new but it was so rooted and old that i was like able to like go into it and i was like okay this is amazing because i was an avid you get you i know you play guitar right uh yes, TJ? yeah 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 okay uh so i was an avid guitar world reader so i was learning about all these bands like i was collecting magazines from as early as 2003 so like i was learning about all these names and all these bands even though i hadn't listened to them so I was seeing names like, you know, 18 Visions, Every Time I Die, From Autumn to Ashes. Like, I'm seeing all this shit, but I didn't even really know what it was. You know what I mean? So, like, once I heard Avenged Sevenfold, then it was like, okay. Then I was watching Much Loud one day. And Much Loud was a big one back in the day. Like, you, you'd learn about a lot of stuff on that channel, you know? Shut up, um, Hand of Blood by Bullet for My Valentine came on. And uh, this is, like, 2005, I think. And uh, I heard that, and I'm like, that was the first time I heard a screaming band where I was like, I'm into this. That was the first time I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is good. Right. And then bought the poison. The Poison's still a huge album. I love that album so much. Like Killed. they've never come close to replicating that. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say I'm a bull for my Valentine fan at this point in time, but, uh, the poison, what an album. Right. And then, uh, from there, then it all just kind of spiraled, you know, then I, uh, then I got, uh, I remember big shiny tunes, 13, uh, or 12 or 11. What's the one with uh, Cooper? You know this. What's the one with the writings on the walls on it? Sorry, uh, Under Oath? Uh, Under Oath, yeah. Oh, uh, Define the Great Line. No, no, I know the album. I mean, it was Big Shiny Tunes 11. Right? Not that this oh, matters. Oh, but... sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, yes, Big Shiny Tunes yeah. 11. Because that was the one. Yeah. It was like the second last track. Because I remember that. Because that was when I first heard Under Oath. And I feel like everybody at that time that got that yeah. CD, you go through like the normal track, and then you get to Under Oath, and everyone's like, what the fuck is this? And then that. I know it was it was definitely the black sheep on that compilation because like yeah, the heavy shop was like AFI. slapped. I, dude, forgot, I, just, I just looked it up and I'm, I forgot how much that it, one fucking slapped. Oh, dude, like I mean, that's, that's a that's a time that's an era that's never going to happen ever again. You know what I mean? Like that's such a such a time and place. Like when you got AFI, you got Billy Talent, you got you know, then you got like the other cool rock bands of the time. Like I'm pretty sure, like you know, bands like Interpol and shit are on there. So, so just just for the folks at home, just to, I'm just going to read this off really, really quick. This is the track list for this record, and just listen to this. So, it's move along with the All American Rejects, Rockstar by Nickelback, Lights and Sounds by Yellowcard, The Adventure by Angels and Airways, Woman by Wolf Mother, The Gate by Sam Roberts. This could be anywhere in the world by Lexus on Fire. Post right, Lexus on too. My Chemical Romance, Corn, Blue October, Shouts of Blue October, Mobile. Yeah, Blue October. That that first record, so good, dude. I, I haven't heard the band Mobile being mentioned in anything in like oh, 10 man. to 15 Montreal years. Calling, Montreal, Montreal classics, man. Yeah, dude. Three Days Grace, which I'm a fucking huge Three Days Grace fan. Oh, Billy dude, Talent, so AFI, 30 Seconds to Mars, Taking Back Sunday, Avenged Sevenfold Jet. And then, yeah, Under Oath. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, they, they weaseled their way onto that. Because, like, obviously I heard Alexis. I heard a friend of mine was, a friend of mine showed me Watch Out. 
not uh, not too long uh, after that whole time period. Like I remember, and I it took me a little bit to, to digest. Then I heard this could be anywhere in the world. Then I heard writing on the walls, and it was like. Like that was when, like, oh, okay. Then my brain really started changing, right? And then, obviously, you know, I, I don't know if I'd really put him in the same category, but I was really big into Billy Talent as well. So, like, that really started shaping my playing in a different direction. So it wasn't just strictly metal, you know what I mean? Like, I started getting more of this, like, kind of post-hardcore kind of uh, influence to my playing. And then it was around that time that, like, because I had had like a couple, you know kid bands because like i was trying to start bands as early as like 10 11 years old and none of us knew what we were doing it wasn't until i was in high school that like i really started i made a band that kind of actually played and like did a little bit more which is right around the time that cooper and i were crossing paths and um this is to go back to our conversation from earlier for worst band name so when we would have played together cooper i, I don't know if we played together when we were still called this <laughs> uh but at one point in time i don't know how we got away with this but uh just you know for our own sakes but we were in a band called pounding away <laughs> like it whatever i like it that's good shit pounding i remember away. our drummer at the time our drummer at the time was like yo i got the perfect band name pounding away it was like alien arms like that's literally how he presented it and for whatever reason we couldn't think of anything else we were just like sure man that works and then we got roasted <laughs> Like, you know. I mean, yeah, that's that's probably Tot's top ten at least for sure, as far as from this podcast that I've heard. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe not as bad as some of the ones Cooper mentioned, but it's still, you know. Yeah, it's still that's still pretty. Uh, it's it's just that one's too that one's almost too easy though. It's like oh, yeah, exactly. away. Oh yeah, okay. So funny enough, so that band, which we had, you know we had then changed names by that point, we were then called Crowded Sky. After that was our band name, and then. We were, it was like the four of us and we wanted to get a singer and we weren't, you know, we were having trouble finding somebody. We had this guy that wasn't really working. We had the show booked. Um, you're, you're Durham. You probably remember Johnny B's, um, the venue in uh, Whitby, maybe. So I was, uh, I was the, the other end of Durham. I was, uh, gotcha. Newcastle, Bowmanville. So I wasn't super gotcha. familiar with all that. You're, uh, you were too busy going to be get amigos. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, that place such a strange venue that was yeah. i actually lived so i literally lived like three minutes away from there on the heading towards newtonville so like yeah i drove by that place all the time that place was just newtonville yeah were you That's were crazy. you there were you there when chelsea grin randomly played there i was not no <laughs> so great crazy lore, lore for everybody at home chelsea grin at one point did play newcastle ontario how <laughs> wild is that like i know there's different time if you find it it's like in 140 like 144p potato quality but there's there's evidence on it online there we go i like anyway, the world so building that, that's good yeah, yeah. shit <laughs> i know we're 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 very big uh that's the only problem that i think that's i mean i'm the worst at it is uh, over explaining to try and paint a picture um i don't know i just i we we try and world build as much as possible so no that's what you I'm feel free to about. feel free to cut us what i'm getting at is no, feel free to no, cut us off at any point this is this is what i always say to people like i'm like listen i i would much rather have that than like yes i like lincoln park Where it's oh like, that's okay, it okay yeah. and then i got it anyway no that, that no, yeah. that's great where'd you hear the west 49 yeah you know i get it you know but <laughs> But uh, to continue back, so we were looking for a singer for the show that we had booked, and um, 
we had a mutual friend, uh, Cooper, and myself, this guy named Chris. He um, he was kind of hanging out with us, and uh, he was uh, kind of rooting for our band. He's like, oh, I got this friend. He might do it. Let me ask him. And then he asked Cooper. And Cooper was like, yeah, you know, I'll do it. And then and then he, we brought him over for band practice, and we had our set list. We were doing a couple covers, you know. And we're like, learn these songs. And he's like, okay. And then we he did it. And then uh, it was like five days before the show. He just outright bails. He just goes, yeah, man, can't do it. Don't feel well. I'm like, dude, it's in five days. Can't do it. <laughs> Blocked everybody on MSN so they wouldn't talk to me. Yeah, he just disappeared. He went ghost on us. So it was actually impressive ghosted. that we actually ended up getting back to this point because our our beginnings were not great. You know what I mean? Like basically, I met this guy. Like, oh, you know, I don't know. I was I was debating on talking about the YouTube channel for a second, but I don't know if I'll do that to you, Cooper. But no, no, you can go ahead. You can you can do it. <laughs> well, we'll let's just say let's just say it. I was handed a reference of his singing voice. That's all I'll say. And, Con- uh, context: I put some covers on YouTube. I think you can still find them somewhere. They're not well, I great. Just, I just found the Crowded are. Sky MySpace, so I mean, you know, that's... Oh, uh, you're doing the digging, man. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. man, this guy's yeah. digging on the pod. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm, so, I'm like young Jamie over here. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> junior jo- Jossa Jr., Junior Jossa, whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy, man. So then uh, he bails on us, so then we ended up having to, like, find two guys to just sub in, and, like, it was... But then from there, we eventually found a singer and then started actually playing. And then that's when we crossed paths with Abad over here. And uh, then, <laughs> but it was kind of like, I don't know what happened. It was just one of those, like, once we like kind of started playing shows together, it was like that, everything that, like that whole you ghosting us thing, that just kind of didn't matter anymore. Like it never came up again, like until much later, once we were able to joke about it and just be like, oh, remember when you did that, you piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Like it was, uh, we just kind of like, all of a sudden we were friends again. We were kind of rooting for each other, you know, you know, in a way. And then we were, you know, and I remember it too, because so to go back in time here, if you remember, uh, supernova, the scam artist promotion company that uh, used to book shows, uh, with their battle of the band shows, that was the first time I think we played together. And they used to do this thing where they would like judge the bands. Obviously it was a battle of the bands. And then the winner, there was like a winner and a runner up and both our bands played. Our band came second. A bad didn't place, but you know, <laughs> but uh, we won like four hours of recording time at this studio. And we were already in the middle of recording our first little EP. And we we're like, well, we don't need this. So we gave it to them. We were like, Oh, Hey, you know, I remember that was like, uh, we felt so, we felt so proud of ourselves. We were patting on ourselves on the back so much. We're like, look at us helping out these local bands, you know? Really just helping out the local talent, you know? Yeah. That's what, that's what we're all about. I mean, hey, it, it, hey, it gave you the best sounding version of anything you put out though. So under a bad. True. For how yeah. bad, for even, you know, what, what's hilarious is that recording that Nick band gave us at the time. It was like, I, I think you, you got like three or four hours of like free studio time. So we did the one song, but it, that doesn't include your, I don't even think it includes your mixing and mastering. It was just like you record and that's what you get. And then you, whatever you want to do with it afterwards, you're good. We ended up recording a full EP later on and which was mixed and mastered. And that one song that we did through Nick's band that was just recorded right off the floor or whatever, sounds way better than anything we did on the actual EP. So thank you but also we're fucking stupid where we went yeah i you owe all your success with a rad to me so yeah hey, <laughs> there, you know, there you go 
if there's a couple of listeners and my mom that like this music, then you know what? Shout out to them. A bad for yeah. Five out. Listen, any, anyone who remembers A Rad is a is a friend of my books. So, <laughs> so to move forward here, then uh, you know that band kind of you know took our sweet time, puddled along. That didn't really that didn't really uh, amount to anything because we you know were having member problems, couldn't find you know we, we had let, had to let our drummer go, couldn't find a new guy, and then we just kind of inevitably just you know imploded, and we were just like you know. So at that point in time, I was desperately looking for something else to do. Um, and at the time I remember thinking like, okay, so this is right around the time A-Rad had just broken up. Cooper starts his new band called Constellations with a couple guys. I knew, I knew a couple of them and it was just these four guys. And they like, one of those, like, let's start a band and book a show when they don't have songs. They don't have anything. They just kind of like roughed it kind of, I don't even know if I'd say roughed it. Like I remember like watching some of those footage, the footage from those first couple shows. And I was like, oh man, (laughs) this is, you know. They, they just so badly wanted to play shows that they didn't really take the time to think about what if we actually, you know, worked on the songs that we're going to play at the, at the shows, right? And then Cooper had bugged me a couple of times about like, oh, you know, you know, you should come jam. You should come play with us. And I was like, little, you know, felt like I was above them at the time. I remember I was like, oh, I, I know, I'm, I'm too good for this. I don't <laughs> like that was my attitude at the time. But then when that other band wasn't working out, I was like, okay, well. My philosophy was maybe I'll use this. And I felt kind of disconnected for the music scene because my band wasn't playing. I wasn't, you know, getting to engage with as many people. But the, the thing with Cooper and then the, that group of people was you always had a shit ton of friends and all these people, like, those shows were always busy. Like people were always coming out. So I saw that and I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe this is my way in. Maybe if I come in through this and then maybe I'll find something else that's, you know, more suited to what I'm trying to do. Like that was kind of like, I was like, okay. And I went to the first band practice and, I say this with all due respect. <laughs> that was the worst shit I've ever heard in my fucking life. Like I, when I walked when I walked into that band practice, <laughs> you had a bass player that was just playing. The bass player was just playing every string open. You know what I mean? Like it was just, you know, he, you know, because he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know what songs were happening. The guitar player that was writing all the songs, he didn't know how the songs even went, and he wrote them. So like he'd write a riff, and then you know, immediately after that, you'd be like, oh, how did that riff go? And he's like, oh, I, uh, I'm not sure. So it was just like, it was just chaos and not in the best possible way. So I walked in, I'm like, okay, if I'm doing this, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta clean shop. You know what I mean? Like I gotta, I gotta like step in and like, you know, there's some, there's some dust piles that need to be cleaned up here. And slowly and surely, you know, we, you know, cut who needed to be cut, this and that. I started work, I started writing some songs and then, you know, that's how Constellations kind of became what it became. So like, you know, eventually we got like our first couple stable lineups together and we started playing shows that was starting, you know, it kind of went from this like crappy local band to people were like, oh, this band's actually not bad. You know what I mean? So like, then it kind of started like, you know, getting better and better. Then we started playing with better bands and, you know, getting better offers. And then from there, we got to a point where, um, we were actually quite good for what we were doing at the time, you know, considering our ages and our contemporaries and who else we were playing with, we were actually not that bad. Um, but then I guess this is the, I guess this is the death to us portion Cooper, where we got a little too into our own heads. And I think in a lot of ways that kind of ruined what we were doing. Yeah. Basically in short, we, we heard the black, or is the black is beautiful by let live. Yeah, that was that yeah. was Let Live was a Black, big turning point for us. Yeah, heard Black is Beautiful by Let Live and thought we could make this weird artsy metalcore. You know, we go and record. I do a vocal take, and I'd be like, oh, uh, do like a little weird 
hit puberty for the first time thing. And instead of let's do another take and fix it up, we're like, no, print it. That sounds original. That that's you know from the heart. Let's keep it. That's um, art. That's art. But, it got lost in the sauce a little bit, and uh, yeah, I think we just we thought we were doing something really cool and revolutionary, but at the end of the day, when you look back, it's like yeah, it. We just were in our. We were like too focused on this weird artsy thing that just didn't exist and was really not there, and it was actually just not good. Uh, all we were doing was I, making okay metalcore less listenable. That's all we were yeah, really doing. <laughs> exactly. So I, I think so, ultimately that was just just the downfall of how that all spiraled. But then, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm looking here and I feel bad. I feel like I've kind of over-explained some of these previous old stories. But moving yeah, forward, uh, yeah. Just, just before <laughs> you, you move on, I have to bring this up because um, – just you know as you guys are talking i'm just doing some googling and stuff and constellations had some pretty sick shit i will i will say that i was uh just just checking here but i i have to bring this up because i found it and i i wanted to make sure it was you guys but it was definitely you guys because uh there was a new metal versus emo split yeah oh man 100 us cadence and shout out forever cadence original yeah, brand shout out forever cadence so forever cadence if you're not aware of Forever Cadence, yeah. uh, two guys in that band ended up starting Cold Shoulder. Yep. And uh, a couple other guys went on to some different bands. But yeah, those guys are awesome. Yes, big shout out to them. That's a that's a, a band name that has come up on the show a bunch before too. But I just wanted to shout you guys out for that because uh, the fact that you guys covered Paper Cut, which is like my favorite Lickin' Park song. It's just like the show. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was – I keep forgetting about that. That was, that was honestly out of – a lot of the stuff that Constellations did, that was one of the most fun little projects that we had. And I remember that we we talked about it to just forever because we played a lot of shows with Forever Cadence, and we became really close with them. Uh, and I remember we were talking about, like, yeah, we're gonna do this, and they're like, "Want to do a split? We'll do the emo side. You guys do new metal." And then that's kind of how it came up. And everything we recorded with our bassist, also Mike Griffin, who was in, who's vocal for Lungless with Nick. Um, he recorded everything in, at his parents' house, and very yeah, DIY. Just, yeah, very DIY. We just had a fun time doing it. Um, also, random little tidbit about that that split: if you listen to Nookie, the the shotgun like cock that you hear is an actual gun, and it was his brother, who his brother's like a big army guy, so he had like a replica shotgun. So actually, when we were, you know, the part where it goes. Ch -ch -ch, that was a real that's actually that we sick. did which is kind of cool but that was yeah, he just walked, we were recording room. vocals and he just walked in the room with the gun and he was like record this and we were like oh okay and we just did and then we just threw it in there we're like this kind of sounds kind of hard <laughs> and that just hard as fuck and then I was, I was like all right get this gun out of the room please thank you yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah yeah we won't dive, we won't dive too into that but i just want to say really quickly we were like 10 years ahead of the curve on that one because if you think about it now, new metal and emo are like two of the biggest played subgenres of like alternative music right now. So, shout out, like pat on the back to us on that one. <laughs> yep. You guys were doing it ten years ago. What up? It's, it's new stuff. I know. Kind of crazy. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> but then eventually, constellations. So just to try and tie this up to get the pneumonia breath as quickly as I can, constellations. You know. Cooper was kind of checking out, you know, he was about to enter a different era of his life, you know, and uh, being in a band touring because we had just bought a van and we were ready to do the thing for real, you know, after, you know, many 
runs and tours of doing it in a van or do or doing it in like a we used to we used to play shows out of a jetta station wagon with a trailer on it you know what i mean like you know we once That's we took hard. it to the next level we did it man like we did like eight hour drives to quebec you know we were we were roughed it we were roughing it I had five guys in there but then once that happened uh so Cooper leaves, we do our last shows. And because Cooper left, the rest of us were like, okay, well, we still want to do this. We bought this fucking van. What are we going to do, right? So then that's how Lungless started. Because the last, everybody but Cooper was the first lineup of Lungless. And then that's how Lungless came to be. And and I know we, and I know you've talked a bit about Lungless. So I know you did a, I think, I remember you yeah, doing a review that, or that, something on. I was just going to say that, I still think that that Tired Eyes EP is fucking mint. Oh, thanks, man. I, I love, I really I think love those... that song, too. I think that was when I heard it, like, I think I remember saying something on the podcast, which is stuff I never usually say, but I was like, yeah, this is my favorite song of the year, like, hands down, 100%. Like, I don't normally say things like that. but I, was I like, remember yeah, you saying that, and I was like, wow, that's a, that's a bold statement. Yeah. That was like, no, there's really a lot nice of really good I... shit that year, but I was like, no, nah, this is this is my jam. <laughs> hey, man, I, I appreciate it. I felt like that one really flew under the radar in so many ways. Um, just, you know, I think a lot of it, too, was just, Maybe the production wasn't what it was supposed to be. I don't really know, but it was just, you know, I thought those songs were good, but, you know, it just turned out to be what it was. And uh, then that was kind of, uh, you know, right around that time period, we can just skip ahead and, you know, if we have time, we'll talk about it later. But like, we that was basically where, like, once we put that out and then we started doing shows off that, that's when I was kind of starting to get into a different mindset. And, you know, I was starting to think, okay, you know, I think I might've run my course with this project, you know, I wanted to go back to school and wanted to do some other stuff. And it was right around this time that Cooper was kind of coming back into our world. And uh, after, you know, being temporarily absent for a little bit, you know, because you were off doing your own thing. And uh, it was around that time that, you know, we did a little Constellations reunion. We, uh, you know, we did it for charity. We just, you know, a couple shows, you know, play the old songs, nothing new, no merch. You know what I mean? Like we just, you know, just did it for fun. And then that kind of brewed the idea of, okay, well, what if we did something new? You know what I mean? And we talked about doing like, oh, what if we did a couple constellation tracks? And then that kind of stemmed into, what if we just start a new band? <laughs> what if we just do a whole new project? And then that's so basically once constellations because constellations broke up and did our final shows August 2019, and it was right around that time that we actually started putting the gears in motion to writing for this first pneumonia breath EP. And so that tells you how long this has been in the works. Uh, so. Like around August, September 2019 is when we first started writing for Pneumonia Breath. Which is pretty wild. Just that, just the the way that how you guys were able to kind of come back together. And because that's something that you always, you know, hate to see as a, as a fan when you see a band that you're a fan of. And, you know, one member goes off to do something else and the other members move on. But it's like, well, like, and that's cool. But it's like, I you guys have such a, have such a great dynamic of how your voices work together too like i thought i thought that was like it was so cool because you're both in your own rights you're both fucking powerhouse vocalists so it's like it's it's so cool to hear hear it come together but um when you started kind of really diving into writing for pneumonia breath was the style that you guys are still obviously currently doing was that right away what you guys were going for because it's 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 different from constellations but it's still like that kind of i guess uh i don't, I don't 
hardcore metalcore kind of. I don't. I mean, I'm not good. I'm not good with genres. I call it all. I'm like Lemmy. I call it all metal and rock. I just. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Honestly, I, mean, I think we need more. I think we need a little more of that at this point in time. Yeah. There's too it's all much. rock and roll, baby. <laughs> yeah, I think like when we were in the like, concept, like the conceptual era of Pneumonia Breath, and just like kind of putting it all together. Like just our idea was really simple. Like let's just make heavy shit. Like that that's really what it was. Whereas I found with Conclave, like we mentioned before, we got way too lost in the sauce trying to make this weird art, artistic thing. Pneumonia Breath is just very, you know, meat potatoes, like let's just make heavy shit. Like obviously that's not, you know, the completely Neanderthal like caveman, boom, 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 boom. That's it. Have some, you know, some thought behind it, but end of the day just very heavy metal for and as much as like a lot of us now are listening to more of like you know hardcore or a little dirtier versions of metalcore this what we're doing is a little bit more polished than that we still take a lot of that influence and bring it in here um, but at the end of the day it's just very heavy fast aggressive metalcore and that's i think the biggest difference between that and constellations and that's what we stuck with and i feel like we've done a good job at being consistent from both EPs to keep it that way. Obviously both are sound different in their own right, but end of the day it's still very fast, aggressive metal for. Speaking of that that first EP, um obviously like you know, you guys had had released um the things the world doesn't want you to see. And you had this pretty big like kind of I, I don't want to say coming out party, but like it was almost like it was like okay. Cause I remember hearing, hearing rumblings of this. Right. And I think yeah. I want to say Coop, that you messaged me and you were like, Hey, like, here's who we are. Here's what we're going to do. You guys dropped the EP. It was fucking awesome. And then I remember seeing the post of you guys like announcing, cause when it first started, it was really just YouTube, right? When it first started, yep. it was that kind of how mostly yeah. that EP was written to so yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know who wants to take this one. You can take it if you want, Cooper. Yeah, I, it was like, yeah, it, it was essentially just us two. I think like the original idea was we just wanted to write this EP and kind of essentially be the metalcore version of Pet Shop or the Pet Shop Boys. Pretty uh, much, if you, if you if you want to take it that route. Um, yeah, it was just well, to do it, and I think we just we had a, a kind of a big concept, but at the end of the day, it was just going to be us two doing this. And the, well, and the other reason too is just because you know we started writing, uh, like I said, end of twenty, like twenty nineteen, early twenty twenty. That's kind of when we, you know, came up with the first outline of what that EP would be. And the two of us met up for lunch, and we were like discussing, okay, what is this band going to look like? And we kind of had this rough outline. Let's go record this time, find some other guys, do this and this and this. Then we all know what happened in March twenty twenty, right? So the world this falls thing apart. Happens. <laughs> This thing happens, the world falls apart. We were like, okay. And the only reason we wanted to do this was mainly the main reason we wanted to do this was, you know, other than just making cool music was to play shows. Cause like we just wanted to keep playing shows. We, you know, cause it, we, again, we weren't in the position where like we want to be in this band that tours and is making this our, you know, we're trying to make this our lives. You know what I mean? We're not trying to do that. We just wanted to play shows. But to do that, you know, we wanted to have some good music. And, this all happened so everything got shelved so basically like then it just sat on the shelf for like a year and a half and then it wasn't until like towards the end of 21 that we kind of revisited it went oh this is sick except this one song let's write a new one finished it up and then recorded everything and by that point um 
we were already so invested in what, like, we already had like such a clear scope of what that album was going to be that we were like, well, we shouldn't bring anybody else in at this point. You know what I mean? Like, that just feels like all we're going to do is end up shooting ourselves in the foot. Someone's going to come in, try and put their own stamp on it, start screwing with the formula. We were just like, let's just do this for us. This is our album. It's for the two of us to, you know, I was, I've jokingly said a few times, this is our, this is a, that album was our love letter to one another. That was kind of like, you know, that's what it felt like. It was just, okay. And then that's when we were like, okay, well, if we're doing that, then we started coming up with ideas calling the metal, you know, the metalcore pet shop boys or whatever terminology you want to use, but doing the like, oh, you know, let's be a duo. And then we were going to have anonymous band members and do this whole gimmick. And then that kind of, yeah, it was, uh, it was a much different era than what we're doing right now. If you can tell one thing, we tend to get lost in our own thoughts. As we previously mentioned about constellations being overly artistic, we got a little too into the whole gimmick thing at the start of the first EP. There's a pattern as you're seeing, so we're trying to break that going forward as as you can tell now, hopefully. Well, which is like, don't get me wrong, that's really cool. Like I'm some people think it's lame, the whole like, you know, oh anonymous people in your bed like some people are, think it's really lame when i'm like for me i'm like dude like i think that's really cool like especially like i'm a big i'm a big sleep token mark so like I, yeah uh, i'm like i'm all full as long as you present it properly and you really you're not like one of those some of those bands that are like do it that like yeah we don't need people to know who we are but then like they very clearly want people to know who they are like it's kind of a weird thing sometimes but if you i think if you uh do it strictly for just the art and just as a as a really cool gimmick type thing i think that's i think that's cool as shit <laughs> yeah you gotta go all in or you don't do it at all and i right. think that we realized it's way too hard for us to do it so we're like let's just scrap it well like let's actually be a band especially when you're bringing someone like mavin it's like you know uh, you just... oh but yeah God, when you got to bring mavin and it's a whole fucking ordeal yeah love you maverick <laughs> no i yeah. love you buddy i'm just i'm just breaking his balls <laughs> hey we're we're allowed to we're we're allowed to bully him every once in a while but he's our little baby he's like listen, you know, listen like, when you got a handlebar heart- mustache like that you got to show that shit off so you can't put yeah. him under a mask or a hood the best oh, way really? i can say it is like you dude do you watch hard lore at all the podcast not, with no. Colin Young and Bo Looters. Okay, well, basically everyone picks on Bo, and it's like for yeah. us, we pick on Mav, but at the same time, no one else picks on Mav. It's only us. So oh, absolutely, Mav, yeah. Get fucked, and we'll hit, and we'll beat the shit out of you. But we love Mav, but we also pick on him, so it's okay. That's great. I love it. I love it. But then, so what was the process for? You know, you guys did have to step away. We won't get into that or whatever, but um, stepped away, kind of did a little bit of reshuffling with the band, and then you came back with Nothing Forever, which you guys just dropped on August 24th. And yeah, still fresh. Front to back, it's fucking killer. I love the EP, man. It's absolutely fucking Thank stellar. How did the Appreciate When it. did the process start for that for you guys to kind of like okay let's get back to this let's start writing music again and and was that formula still the same where it was just youtube no it changed a little bit yeah i think it's i think the easiest way to say it was it it honestly just wrote itself um you know we not to dive too much into it but i remember we were nick and i were driving back from montreal we had just saw a ghost and a lot of things were happening this was around when we had to kind of take a pause and right off the hop we were like 
we're going to write a seven minute or eight minute stoner doomerish kind of song, which ends up being aware. So right from the get go, we were already kind of conceptualizing what the next thing would be. Um, and then just over the course of the couple of months, like each member was kind of, you know, tinkering with some riffs, Nick had some stuff. And then basically we formed songs within a group chat without actually being in the same room together. Nick would like Sean would write some riffs, Mav would throw in some stuff. Um, and then kind of Nick would kind of compile it. I would write the lyrics, we'd compile the words. And then by January of 2023, we had everything written and it, it literally wrote itself. Like we had no one, we had, we had some intention, but not an entire intention to write a new EP. Like obviously we had ideas. Um, but before we knew it, we're like, holy shit, we have five songs and that all took out. And I think that was a big turning point for us where I don't know, Nick, if you've ever thought this, but it was the first time I ever thought every single song we wrote is awesome. I'm usually very pessimistic about anything that I'm a part of, but, like, I don't care if you don't like it, I know that these songs are awesome. And that's not to be talking about it, I'm just really confident that we wrote something to it. No, I, I agree 100%. I mean, that was... Yeah, because this one... Uh... Again, like to, to, to give a little bit of context here, um, this band is not from Toronto. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're from so all over the place. So Cooper lives in Toronto. Uh, myself, I live on Whitby. Mav lives out near Belleville. He's in a town called Frankfurt. Um, our new drummer, Brody, he lives out in uh, Mill, Millwood, which is right near Peterborough. And then Sean's in Guelph. So like we're all all over the place. So it's one of those things where... Anytime that we're going to have to do anything, it has to be hyper-organized. You know what I mean? Like, we have to know so far in advance, okay, this is when we're all going to be in a room together. There's no, oh, hey, man, what are you doing later? We can't do that with this band. You know what I mean? So, like, the group chat was really what made this album come to life. And it's kind of weird saying that. Like, that's such a modern-day statement. But just, you know, I would take a video of me playing a riff, and I'd throw it in the chat, and people would have ideas, and then... You know, you get voice notes like, yo, man, you should try putting this like dun-dun-dun-dun-dun thing after it. And you're like, oh, that sounds sick. And then like that I just love kind those of... voice messages so much, man. <laughs> yeah. That's, there was a lot of that shit all, happening. That's all I can do because I don't know how to play an instrument. What if it goes like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And then you could be like, like Dude, the amount of like, bum 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 dun dun like weird noises I've done trying to like imitate like pinch remarks or like, you know, what I don't even know the names, but you know, like I'll say it and I'll like mimic it, and be like, no, boo, and Nick's like, oh yeah, like, and then does it. I, I know that I've now he, he's developed a language now that I'm fluent in, which is uh, guitar noise, without knowing what it's called. So he, if he'll send me because uh, for context here, like Cooper writes a lot of riffs over voice memos, so like mostly breakdown stuff, like anything where it's like something heavy and Neanderthal needs to happen, he's the guy that we're like, okay, what should this be? And you'll like like. To go back and reference the first, I know, because one that I remember for sure is like to go back and reference the first album, the song Needs to an End, which is the first song that we put out. Um, the final breakdown of that song, the big like dun dun, like to go back to doing these stupid voice things. Dun dun, dun 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 dun, that was all him. He was just at the gym. He's like, oh, I got this idea. And I, it was just him going dun dun, dun 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 dun. Like, so it's like every single one of those little things, I'm like, oh, he's talking about a band. If he goes, I'll be like, oh, he wants a pinch harmonic there. You know what I mean? Like, just like, I love that so much. Can you yeah. can you just do like a whole a whole song of just 
Oh, you know what? You know what we'll do is we'll we'll do like a uh, we'll do a nothing forever redux, and it's just me doing voice notes. And oh, song. please make that happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll be our first. I don't think I will start. The I will start. Uh, what do you what do you call this? Not GoFundMe. Um, shit. I mean, we'd uh, appreciate a GoFundMe for vinyl. Well, that too. I'll start a GoFundMe as well to make. I'll start <laughs> something to make that happen. I'm like, listen, we got to get funding for this project. <laughs> the Acapella remix. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like you're honest, oh, man. Yeah, but yeah, that's basically how this one kind of and like and I couldn't agree with that statement more. Like this one definitely wrote itself. Because um, again, like anything I've been a part of, anything that I've written, has always been so hyper conceptualized in some capacity. So it's like you know, everything's completely overthought. Like oh, is this too simple? And then you're just making all these like decisions just for the sake of making them. This one was just like, does it stick? It sticks. Cool. Keep going. You know what I mean? Like it was just. Like literally, like we went from having almost next to nothing to a whole EP, and like I think the most of that EP was done in like two or three weeks. Like the bo- the bones of it was like two to three weeks. Like that album was kind of just came together, based off a couple old riffs that we had sitting around, and then the new stuff that was coming up. It just all happened, and and I think in a lot of ways those are sometimes the best albums because like you know what I mean. Don't overthink shit. You know what I mean when you just you know yeah when you just do stuff for the sake of doing it and it just hits immediately that's you know it's hitting you for a reason you know what i mean so just embrace it there's a reason that that came out of you in that way exactly you know? yeah and i always you... thought that i was always too busy trying to be like smarter about it you know what i mean trying to be more intellectual more pretentious even in a way where it's like oh how can i make this more interesting you know trying to appease the other guitar nerds the ones that don't give a shit about what you're doing anyway or like you know and the music nerds just stand in the back yeah, the impress me bros. Yeah. No. The impress me bros. Yeah. So this time yeah, around, listen, it was just... at the end of the day, no one like what people like, and I mean like I'm a you know, I'm the I'm the kind of guitar nerd that like, you know, if you if you just have a good riff and you repeat that, like I was a student of grunge. So like mm, if yeah, you yeah. and that mid two thousands hard rock shit, like that's like that's my shit. So like listen, if you have a good riff in even if it's like a fucking two or three note riff and that's your whole song i'm not against that either so it's like no, i think there's some of the best songs for that yeah absolutely like, look at something to, be like to use grunge as an example like spoon man like for a song yes. like that like spoon man is one riff pretty much the whole damn song mm-hmm. there might be a couple little variations but it's just that do 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 like there's just a good riff and that's all you need yeah even like felt fell on black days like just yeah. it's a little more a little more of a complicated riff but like that's Still a good riff. all based around that. Like there's, there's something to be said for just give me a simple, good riff. That's powerful. Give me some like caveman drums. Give me some good bass. Give me some heavy vocals. We're good. Like that's, yeah. that's all you really need. Right. <laughs> and it's amazing how much of that perspective comes with age where it's like the older you get, you realize the more you dial stuff back and just amplify the simplicity of it, that resonates better. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. I mean, I know that's kind of crazy coming from us. If you listen to what we do, it's like, really? You're talking about simplicity? Okay, sure, man. <laughs> but at the core, I know what you're saying, though. Like, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there still a lot of technicality and shit? Absolutely. But yeah, compared to like, say, like I've never been a a, a fan of, and I know Nick, you'll you'll appreciate this. Like the very just super overly complicated like clean guitar music that's been coming out the last 
five or six years. Um, yeah, yeah. So we're talking I like, even, I mean, the name, the like name drop. We're talking about like leaders and shit, like Polyphia, Polyphia, and stuff yeah. like that, right? Like, More so yeah, them, yeah. yeah. Like I and I, I, I look at it and I'm like, I mean, that's really cool, but like, it's impressive for sure. But what, what is this? I don't like. It, that know, kind of like, music is, uh, for lack of a better term, is just musical masturbation. You know what I mean? Yes. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Listen, when That's I was when I was working at the store and a kid would come in wanting to buy a guitar and I'd have to show them because like they couldn't play, so I'd have to show them something. Mm. I'm, I'm a shitty fucking guitar player, okay? So I'd be like, listen, here's, I'd put it in drop D and chug some shit. And they'd be like, oh, that's the coolest shit ever. Yeah. And then like, how, you know, gr- throw, how like, great was your life, by the way? Just, just to ask you a question, how great was your life when you discovered drop tuning? Just because you could, you could sound heavy as fuck and you don't have to do anything but pick three strings. You're just dude, like, I, you can just do other hands up here and you're just like, what's up? You know, dude, I, 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 <laughs> I was only ever a rhythm guy, but like for me, I, I think one of my favorite things in the world about that statement is I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Soulfly and Max Calavera. Dude, so the fact that this fucking soul guy. Fly, took and also sepulter obviously yeah. is what i'm saying Calvary conspiracy um still one of the hardest fucking band names i've ever heard in my life max just dropped i think it was two years ago um truck full of bodies is the name of the song and his band is called go ahead and die that's that's Dude, spicy i heard i heard this i heard the song but i actually never even realized that that was the band name Yep, go ahead and now, die. It's him and his one kid and someone else or something. And anyway, it's beside the point. But the fact that this motherfucker looked at his guitar one day, back in the day when he was like inventing a lot of crazy styles of metal, which he never gets fucking credit for. He's looking he at should, this going, but yeah. yeah, he's going, well, I'm playing in like fucking drop B to even tune down lower sometimes. And I'm not using the B and high E at all. So I'm just going to cut those off and just use four strings. <laughs> and he's been doing that ever since. And the fact that this man has basically, he basically, let's be real. He basically invented a style of fucking guitar playing. He never gets credit for it. Oh, but dude, like, that's true. That's it. That's all he did. He, he just, and that's all, like, even now you watch him play and like, he doesn't, he just, he's just playing like Warner, the first, like six in the fifth string. That's all he's doing. That's it. <laughs> it's just like. But what? it works, right? You know, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, I know, yeah, that's just, I don't know. I'm at heart. I mean, as much as, I mean, I'm sure you'd listen to what I do and go, really? I don't, I don't believe that. But uh, I've always been a rhythm player first. That's always been the way I've looked at my guitar playing. So I don't know. I've always, you know, I've taken a lot of time to putting extra emphasis into like, you know, simple things like, you know, how are you chugging these notes? You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like, like good rhythm players stand out and a lot of people don't know it but it really makes or break, you know, a I, lot of yeah. guitar oriented music. So mm-hmm. I, th- I can definitely see that for you. Like just having the style of riffs that you write and the way that you play, like you can tell you're a student of good rhythm guitar players because and I can tell you why that's, that's, you know. that's all James Hetfield, man. You know what I mean? Like James Hetfield, he's, he's my, he's my all time, like guitar idol. You know, he's because again, especially once I had to start being a vocalist as well as because like growing up, I was like when my first shitty bands, nobody else wanted to do it. You know what I mean? So like I was guitar player and vocalist and he was kind of like the blueprint for that. So, yeah, man, like, you know, and he's like, in my opinion, the greatest rhythm player of all time. Oh, he like, has he's to be. just 
Like, and then no one has that right hand. And I've worked so long trying to like, you know, I downpick as much shit as humanly possible. Like I've put myself through pain. I have tendonitis and it's all thanks to that, man. So <laughs> it's all thanks to, to our, all thanks our to savior, James Hedrill from Metallica, the greatest rhythm guitar player ever, unless you ask him, of course, then he'll tell you that it's, uh, young, but, but that's, you know, he's up there too. Like you got to give credit to Malcolm. Young, oh you know, yeah. But. You can't not as a rhythm, like guy, if you are a student of rhythm guitar and you, like I've I've had this conversation before, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, Malcolm Young was okay. I'm like, no, 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 no. Look, I'm not no, a no, big great. ACDC fan, but like, go really pay attention to what the fuck that guy was doing, and yeah. you'll you'll learn something. <laughs> it's all about that right hand, man. Because if you listen, yeah. like, I mean, okay, I don't want to dive too into this, but like, ACDC, for example, you know, love him or hate him, but they were like one of those bands. Where it's like it's all about the right hand, man. You don't need to crank the gain up on your amp that high. It's just. What's the power that's coming out of your hand? And if you listen to Malcolm Young's playing, his guitar playing is almost next to clean. His how's his amps are set up? It's all just right hand. I mean, look at look, but feel how much power is coming out of some of those riffs. You know what I mean? So it's all right hands and socks. That's it. That's it's all. That's the, it's all it is. That's the Malcolm Young secret right there. <laughs> that right yeah. hand and some socks. That's yes. That's all you need. Rest, rest in peace, man. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's funny because like in that same vein, like even vocally, like you can really tell that you guys are are really students of good vocalists who had who have a unique style because there's not if there's one thing sometimes that can can happen in this genre that we all love sometimes it'll be like oh this guy this band sounds the exact same as this band because their vocalist does the, the same vocalist style. thing is big yeah yeah you guys are kind of like it's almost like your your hardcore singers that also enjoy clean singing, but playing like a heavy metalcore band. <laughs> like it's, I can't even really describe your guys' style. Like you, and you both have such a unique style to your voices. And like I said earlier, you guys are both in your own right powerhouse vocalists. I'll just say. So it's like putting you guys together. It's almost like the. It's almost like an uh, an Alice in Chains type thing where you guys have like. You you mesh these styles together and it just works so perfectly well. It's almost weird, <laughs> if that makes sense. It, well, I was going to touch on this earlier, really quickly. The crazy thing is, though, is like until this band, neither of us were what we were now. You know what I mean? So like when when Constellations was a thing, I didn't know what I didn't know how to do really anything. Like I like my screaming voice or yelling voice, whatever you want to call it, didn't exist because I didn't know how to do it. And then you know. Cooper was like early constellations. He was trying to figure out what he was doing. He was still kind of like ripping off whatever vocals he was into at the time. Then he kind of started finding his own sound. And then that's, you know, it was kind of starting to develop before he left. And then I was finding my sound during Longlist. So now that we've come back together again, we've both become the best versions of ourselves. So it's like, this could only happen now. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not like we were always, we always had this dynamic. So I appreciate you saying that, but it's like just hearing that made me realize, yeah, this could only happen now. This couldn't have happened, you know. I think it's also it comes with age too. You find out different, you know, you read different things. You put a little bit more time into research, and you absorb a lot more music and a lot more um, information. And I think you just kind of uh, emulate yourself onto whatever you're doing. Um, at least that's kind of what I found, and, and it seems like it's happening between both of us. You know? That's the crazy thing about the the musical journey, right? You can start off in one completely different place and, you know, 10 years later, it's like, oh shit, we're in this. Is it still familiar? Sure. 
but it's also just this completely different thing. And it's, it's, it's wild how, even if you get together with someone you haven't jammed with in a while and it's like, Oh, like there's something here that wasn't there before. Maybe like, that's just the wonderful thing of life and growth. And you know, it's, it's so cool to, to hear this story of how you guys, you know, went from, you know, like I said, this, this whole crazy journey is just, uh, some wild. Yeah, it's quite, it. It, it is quite the story when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially considering, you know, how many times we've interwoven with ourselves, you know, we keep coming back to each other. So, and now, now in my opinion, I'm, you know, I'm doing the best thing I've ever done musically. I mean, I can't speak for Cooper, but I, you know, it's kind of hard to top a rad, but I feel like, uh, you know, I mean, it I mean, was, I was thinking it might be tough, but I don't know. This might take the game. Might. We'll see. We'll see after tomorrow. We'll, we'll talk on Sunday. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, so speaking of which, yeah, so like this is obviously going to come out after, but you know, yes, today, I just being to bring that up. Hmm. yeah, being September 7th, you know, tomorrow's our first show ever. Or sorry, today's September 8th, my apologies, but tomorrow, September 9th, is our first show. And, uh, which is another crazy thing that we haven't even played live yet. <laughs> oh, you're on mute. Yep, you're, uh, fuck, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's all good. Okay, hang on. I'm just going to mark that real quick. I'm, I'm, I do it while people are talking, just so you don't hear like <sighs> shit like that. No, no, fair enough. Thirteen, yeah, and then, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. I know that uh, you know we're we're running long here. Okay, perfect. Okay, we'll jump back in here in three, two, one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously, as with some things, folks, you know, the podcast sometimes have to be recorded earlier. But yeah, September 9th, you guys playing Sneaky D's, man. And it's uh, going to be you guys uh, with Falstaff. Um, oh my gosh, I can't. Panic response. I apologize if I'm butchering that. No, no, no you got it right. You got it Panic right. response. It's one of those cool band names where it's like the 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 cool thought, but I was like, fuck, I think that's Panic response. And then obviously, yeah. friends of the show, Seagrave, the homies. Um, that's going to be fucking wild, man. Like that's yeah. going to be a killer show. How excited are you guys to finally play in front of people with this material? I mean, like it, it's crazy. And I think like not the like, and, and I'll, and I'll say before I get into what I'm about to say, this really is a, a testament to two things, the scene at this point, because, you know, Nick and I have been going to local shows since we were 14 years old. Granted, you know, maybe we've been in different sections of the scene. Um, but I, I remember the last time I saw it this good, I swear, it was when I was 14 years old. It, it, it hasn't been this vibrant and alive. And there's such a cool new youth movement that's coming in. And everybody's getting into, like, hardcore and metalcore. And I think the pandemic, as much as it was terrible, did such a good thing for this type of music. Um you know, it, it's crazy walking down. Like, I'll, I'll walk down the street in Toronto and I see 16-year-old kids wearing Deftone shirts. Like, I haven't seen shit like that in a long, long time. So, yeah, it's nice that it's not just 35-year-old horny men anymore. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, and what I was trying to get to is, like, one, it's about how great the scene is. Two, the bands that we have all kick ass. And because of both those two things combined, like, we're almost, like, about 70, yeah, like, just, just at 75% sold the show and that's just in advanced sales um oh no dude words i don't even know if you've seen the update we're like under 40 tickets now or something like that so, so there you go like we're almost sold out for this show and yeah, yeah. 
if you had asked me when we were about to play our first show that there's a good chance that this will sell out, I would have been like, you're fucking crazy. So it, it's insane that, you know, people care whether whether they're there for us or whether they're there for the other bands. At the end of the day, it's, it's there for the team. And if there's one thing that that takes, I think, precedent from this band is like, we, we love this team so much and we love what it does for people. We love the community. So the fact that we're able to play a show to that level with just our friends, and it's not because like some big opener or some big headliner playing, like it's literally just four friends that are getting together to play some art that they put together. To me, it's insane. So yeah, beyond excited. Um, we can't wait. It's been way too fucking long. Obviously nervous a little bit because, you know, got to dust off the cobwebs, but that's what jams are for. Um, but we're thrilled. We're so excited. We're, we're jazzed up, ready to go. I can't wait for tomorrow. It's going to be a great time. Definitely so, boys. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. It's been so fun getting to chat with you and hear all about this journey to, to pneumonia breath. And I can't... Uh, I can't wait to hear about how the show went too. Send me, send me a voice memo of uh, of some riffs and, uh, so, yeah, we'll, and how the show we'll, went. Uh, we're, we're making that album for you, man. Don't worry. It's, uh, yeah. it's on our to-do list now. So acapella <laughs> forever. I will say acapella. two things. I will say there are two quick things. Two people that I want to shout out that like really helped make this album awesome. Uh, the oh, guy yeah, who right. produced this is, is Todd. Is Todd, awesome dude. Uh, he has a great YouTube channel. He he is the mastermind for why we sound tight or why anyone thinks we sound good. That's all him. Yeah, Todd um, Barrage. He's the man. And and also our friend uh, Mike Brenica from the Double Wars Prada, who was kind enough to put his voice on Ezekiel's pain. Um, purely out of the goodness of his own heart. Uh, nothing that we bribed him for. We just asked him if he was interested, and, and he said that he would. Um, and then one day he just sent the he just sent us the voice memo. We were just all like, "Oh shit!" It's, <laughs> what yeah. a what a day that was. Yeah, that was uh, it, that was a special yeah. moment. And just really cool that you know he was able to do that. So those two people, I think, just are really important to this record and just important to kind of where we are at this point in in the band's life. Uh, so I just wanted to shut that up really quick before we wrap it up because they're uh, two awesome people. Um, two two friends that you know we're we're very privileged to to, to know. Definitely. So, well, boys, good luck on the show. I know it's going to be absolutely killer. Shout out to everybody involved again. Give my best to to my buddy Mav and everyone in the band. I'm sure it's going to be just a fucking time, and we'll have to get together again sometime to uh, talk more shit and uh, maybe dive yeah, man, into dive into some more stuff <laughs> another time. Yeah, man, we're uh, in a lot of ways, as much as it's taken this long to get to this point, we're only getting started. It's just starting now, as far as I'm concerned. So, 100%. Let's do it again. I'm definitely down for that. Always love to chat. Awesome. All right, Nick, Goop, thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, guys, there you have it. My chat with Dylan and Nick from Pneumonia Breath. I hope that you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. And be sure to go check out Pneumonia Breath because they definitely deserve your support. I'll have a link down below in the description of this podcast. Wherever you are listening, while you're there, be sure to hit that subscribe button. I seriously appreciate it. Leave a follow if you can. And also, if you can leave a rating, that would be absolutely fantastic. If you enjoyed this episode, if you've enjoyed any past episodes of The Harder Show, leave a rating. That's what helps this show grow. 
As much as likes are great and shares are great, and I seriously always appreciate it, ratings are really what helps this show grow and climb up the charts. Which at the end of the day, the more eyes are on the show, more eyes that can be on fantastic bands and creators. Bands like Pneumonia Breath and creators like J.M. Scherf and a ton of other people that I have featured over the years here on the show. Now, as we get ready to wrap it up here today, I, of course, be remiss if I did not take a second to give a shout out to my Patreon supporters, my hardheads. We, of course, have Ronan Kumori from Baseline Feed, Wolf Delta Pi from Baseline Feed, actor extraordinaire Eric Phones, Mike Quintero from Shutter Radio. Author C.M. Peters, also of Baseline Feed, who you may or may not be seeing on the show in like two weeks, so stay tuned for that. Jason Reese from Jaybird Digital Arts. Terry and Janet Hodders, the creators of The Hodder Show in a, in a very indirect way. That's right, folks. My parents are patrons of the podcast, so that's pretty, pretty cool, right? Brandon Bowden from Bowden Voice. Neil Skrupa from Neurotic Voice. And last but not least, Ian Hill. Thank you guys so much for all the support. I seriously appreciate it. We got some cool stuff coming up over on the Patreon. It's been very quiet over there with Tapes of Trepidation, my horror narration podcast I do, just because I've been so overwhelmed, to be brutally honest with you guys, with this whole feed issue that I've been having and getting the hardest show kind of back up and running and trying to deal with all that. But I got lots of stuff coming for October. It is the spookiest month of the year and it's my favorite time of year. So I got lots of cool content coming for the Patreon episode. Tape number 30 is going to be coming and I can't wait to share it all with you guys. And there's something else that's in the works that I was hoping to have launched for October, but it's looking like that's going to be delayed until the new year at this point. But it is going to be well worth the wait. And I cannot wait. We are starting off 2024. Hopefully. <laughs> with, a, with a really, really, really cool project. That I cannot freaking wait to jump into. Just like I can't wait to jump into the next episode of The Hotter Show with you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And I'll catch you next time right here on The Hotter Show. Take it easy, guys.